and welcome to the Moodle Podcast. Hello everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Moodle Podcast. I'm Aurélie Soulier, Community Engagement Lead here at Moodle. Today, I have the pleasure to welcome Rob Lowney from Dublin City University with us. Rob has worked at Dublin City University, or DCU, for nearly four years and has launched the brilliant webinar series Moodle Munch, in which members of the Moodle community present good practice and innovative ideas for learning, teaching and assessment online. We'll talk about the Moodle Munch today, of course, but also about Rob's view on Moodle and on the future of online education. Good morning, Rob. Can you introduce yourself, perhaps, and give me a summary of your Moodle background and your work at DCU? Yes, of course, Arlie. Thank you so much for having me here today with you. It's a, it's a pleasure to see you and talk to you as always. So thank you for that lovely introduction. I am Rob and I am a learning technologist at Dublin City University. And DCU is a, a young, dynamic university based in the, the capital of Ireland, Dublin, uh, based in the, the north part of the city across three campuses. And we have... We offer a very wide variety of, of programs for our students and a lot of our a lot of our programs are very much linked to uh, industry and professions and so on as we try to prepare our students to go out and, and make a difference in the world. And my role as a learning technologist really is to support our teaching staff to develop their teaching excellence and to innovate in their teaching, learning and assessment practices and to do so with the pedagogically appropriate integration of various different learning technologies, primary among them obviously being Moodle. That's wonderful, thank you. I do hope I did the Moodle Munch a suitable introduction earlier. Can you tell us more about how it came about and maybe what's next in a series without too many spoilers? Yes, of course, of course. So as you said, Moodle Munch is a, a, a community webinar series that's been running for almost three years now. When I last checked the, the registration list, we had over 600 members signed up from places like Ireland, obviously, the UK, some other European countries, Germany, Poland, Italy, and some members from the United States and Canada as well. So a very, you know, growing, growing global community, which is, which is lovely to see. And it came about really, I think, partially due to my own experience in growing and learning about Moodle. Because there's such a wonderful community behind Moodle, I find that is often the best way to, to, to learn about how to use the platform. And it's how I learned how to use Moodle myself, browsing the forums, the documentation, the Moodle docs, you know, going to webinars, conferences, presentations. It's how we all learn about, about developing our, our, our Moodle skills because there's so much rich knowledge out there. And I kind of saw, you know, we have great Moodle moots that run, you know, very regularly. We have an excellent Moodle moot in Ireland in the UK. UK, for example, which of course people in, 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 in this region would, would attend quite regularly. As I mentioned, there's fantastic resources online for people to uh, people to engage with. But I kind of saw a gap in, in, in that sort of rich 
ecology of, of learning possibilities that, you know, something like a webinar series, something more frequent than, than a conference, but perhaps less intense, something that people could kind of dip in and out of, something that could share more up-to-date and, and emerging knowledge and practice with, with Moodle and, and, and related technologies. Um, so I thought, well, let's have a go and let's try and fill this gap here and see, does it meet educators' needs? Does it help them to share and connect with one another and learn about what, what, what one another is doing and share insights and and support and encourage each other with Moodle? And it seems that a gap was fulfilled. Moodle Munch has, has grown steadily uh, over the last three years. I've promoted it through various different networks and mailing lists in, in Ireland and the UK and further afield. And it seems to keep growing and growing. So perhaps, you know, um, I, I take that as a sign that, you know, pe- people are filling the gap in this in this knowledge and, and something like Moodle Munch is, is there to help them do that. Yes, absolutely. I have used it as a major resource for myself to learn more about different practices, about Moodle, but also about different usage. You know, it's, it's really, really nice to see the variety out there. And obviously, we've got a new series that has just started this month. So that's fantastic. But looking back, do you have a favorite Moodle Munch personally? And if so, what was it about? And how does it stand out for you? That, that, that is a really difficult question, Aurelie. <laughs> all, the Moodle Munches, all the Moodle Munches are brilliant. Um, I think what's interesting about Moodle Munch is that people come to it with with different levels of of interest per se in in any particular topic so the way the way i kind of curate the topics is i i use the the european framework for the digital competence of educators the digcom bdu framework to kind of theme uh, the particular presentations at the, at the moodle munch webinars and i suppose the the reason for doing that is to kind of provide a roadmap for the attendees to kind of see okay well this presentation is linking to that competence so if i'm attending this i have an opportunity to maybe learn and reflect on that particular competence in that particular area and i sort of it, it sort of contextualizes the learning in, in in something in something wider so throughout the moodle munches i try and kind of hit as many of the different areas of the DU framework as as possible um and i do know that kind of generally whenever i've curated a, a webinar around the topic of accessibility or universal design for learning or kind of empowering learners including learners those ones always seem to resonate very well with the Moodle Munch community members a lot of them seem very passionate about accessibility and, and universal design and when these particular webinars take place, there's there's usually very good attendance, very good engagement, because, again, you know, being a, a community series, being there to support and encourage one another, the interaction, the collaboration, the discussion during the Moodle Bunch webinars really is the high point of them. And whenever we kind of have something around accessibility and, and universal design, I just notice there's just a little bit extra, there's a little bit more engagement and, and, and passion. Although that is to say, in, in all of our Moodle Munch webinars, there's lots of excellent discussion and, and, and lots of great sharing and insights uh, because everyone is so passionate about, about Moodle and about good quality education. Yeah, absolutely. I found them all very useful as well. But I really like the link with the DGEDCOM framework, like the MEC does, um, Moodle Academy, uh, because that's a great way of, of building on the learning and, and identifying where we need to grow as uh, professionals. So that's really useful. A little bit of a different idea now, moving away from the Moodle Munch. I want to talk about more your opinions on things. We know that 
obviously education technology is about more the people than the tools as the webinar series exemplifies as well but there are so many ways to use Moodle so I'd like a bit of an insight from you as to what's your favorite example of using maybe a Moodle tool or some way some aspects of Moodle maybe for an unexpected purpose so something a little bit different out there yeah I have to say I am a big big fan of the database activity. I love the database activity. I think it is a piece of magic in, in Moodle and I think it's a shame more people don't know about it and, and don't and don't use it because I think when you apply your imagination to the database activity, you can create almost any kind of learning activity you want. It is, is wonderful. There is a learning curve obviously with the, with the database activity, although I do know in, in Moodle 4.1, I believe it, it's going to be a little bit, it could be a little bit easier to, to set yeah, up the database We're using activity. the new version of Moodle the org and it's been a lot easier to set up good 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 so i hope more people use the database activity as a as a result i've used it in in, in dcu in, in lots of different ways I, i've configured it one time to enable peer review between pairs of of students on, on a course and of course peer review is a, a really powerful form of of learning uh, where students uh, uh, reviewing one another's uh, work and, and and giving feedback and therefore you know, self-assessing their, their, their own work against their peer and making judgments and so on. And I've used a, a configured a database activity to support that. I know our um, alumni office in DCU, they run an excellent mentoring program between DCU alumni and current students. And actually at a, at a forthcoming Moodle Munch webinar, they're going to speak about how they use the database activity to match up the uh, alumni and the current students so that they can find the best mentor can find the best mentee and the best mentee can find the best mentor. And the database activity is, is fantastic for that because of the, the flexibility in searching and, uh, and so on and so forth. And then I've seen lots of other people do excellent stuff with the database activity as well. I think many of us might be familiar with Sarah Ashley from the US who has done uh, and, and showcases some wonderful examples of using a uh, database activity to create kind of like a web form or a log or you know a diary entry and, and things like that and if we think about all of those things you know logging reporting reflective diaries things like these are all really useful active learning strategies for our students to kind of apply their knowledge to reflect to self-assess etc really really powerful methods of learning and the database activity is such a versatile tool that can support all of that that i really encourage people don't be afraid of the database activity it is a, it is your best friend once you get to know it and it can unlock so much potential for you and your learners so yeah Absolutely. database and database number one yeah and they can experiment and then come and talk about it on the Moodle Munch yes exactly <laughs> uh, yeah I'm looking forward to hearing that one about the matching the uh, mentor and mentee thing that sounds mm -hmm. really interesting I definitely have to attend this you cover so much you know both in your obviously the, the, the series but also in your personal work in terms of range of topics uh, it's so broad it's actually fascinating i do would like to hear more about your own view on maybe where online education and education technology is heading in the future so if you had a crystal ball <laughs> bit of a magic question what would you foresee what would be an unexpected or surprising change in education that you foresee that's a really interesting question. Unfortunately, I don't have a crystal ball. If I, if, if, if I did, I'd be able to foresee the lotto numbers and I'd be a very rich man. I think 
The pandemic obviously threw education into a tailspin overnight and, and we all had to scramble and, and, and turn to technology to help keep us going. And particularly those early days in the pandemic and those early days in the lockdown were, were obviously terrifying and, and, and frightening for everyone across the world, those who were falling ill, those who in our medical um, professions who, who were working so hard, those who lost loved ones, etc. And it was obviously very, very difficult in, in education as well. Very stressful. Our educators were, were trying to do their best and uh, juggle their own uh, personal commitments whilst also trying to do the best for the students and then our students were obviously kind of stressed and so on but particularly those early days of the of the lockdown there was a fantastic solidarity I found in the education community uh, and particularly those of us working in learning technology working and supporting online uh, and digital learning and so on I, I thought there was a great solidarity and a great coming together to support one another to keep going and I think that really showed me in a very heartwarming way, although it was a very difficult time in the world, showed me in a very heartwarming way how we came together to support one another and do what's best for our for our students. And I, since then, obviously a lot of time has elapsed. It's been almost three years since those early days of, of lockdown and so on. The world is moving on a little bit. And I think forgetting some of the a possibilities that were unlocked around um, online and digital education but I think more so I think we're moving on a bit and, and we're, we're losing a little bit of the focus on people and doing what's best for our learners and for ourselves and there's a lot of rhetoric at the moment about you know returning to pen and paper closed book timed written examinations you know there's a lot of talk about returning back to large in-person transmission-based uh, lectures you know there's there's a move away from using uh, Moodle and, and and other learning tools for supporting ongoing asynchronous um, engagement I think it's a shame it will be a shame if we if we lose some of those insights and some of those really good practices that evolved during the during the lockdowns because those really good practices I felt were born out of a desire to do what was good for our learners and keep our learners at heart and de design and develop good learning experiences and, and, and learning activities and so on that benefits them. So I really hope that we keep that as our kind of North Star over the next few years, that, that we would always be guided, not by what the timetable tells us, not by what the institution tells us, not by what classrooms we have available or, you know, the, the rules say we have to have 12 lectures and that's it, you know. I really hope that we keep people in our hearts and minds going forward, keep students as our focus going forward. And from that, let us decide what are the best learning activities, what are the best tools to pull together and to build together so that we can ensure our learners have the best learning experience that they can have in the future. Yeah, I absolutely agree. The last thing you want is regression because we know with experience how technology can support that, those achievements and in some circumstances you know it's it's different degrees different application but it's not having the, the knowledge or the expertise around the institution through learning technologists for example of being able to get that choice of working out what's the best activity and what's the best uh, technology to match the activity that we're trying to support the students with so absolutely correct and the same for assessment you know just it should be about 
learning achievements over the regulations in many aspects you know regulations are obviously here for a good reason but we need to move with the times as well and understand how people show they've learned you know mm -hmm. so i agree absolutely with you it's i do hope as well for the future that's where we're heading and we're working more together as a community mm -hmm. less than a kind of almost student as a consumer kind of model which is, is exactly not where we want to head <laughs> yeah yeah precisely and i do think you know it's it's important as well i think to to, to stress that you know the term online education, the term digital education, technology enhanced learning, etc. All of these things mean different things to different people. And, you know, if I was to say online learning to somebody, they might get an image in their mind of, you know, someone hunched over a computer just watching videos and and, and reading <laughs> PDFs on screen and clicking, you know. But if I was to say online learning to someone else, they may think about all, you know, wonderful opportunities for video conferencing and connection and collaboration and, you know, building things online and, you know, unblocking and applying creativity and so on. So I think it's important, to, you know, if we are having these ongoing discussions, is that we sort of tease out people's conceptions of, of online and, and digital learning and, and let them know that it's such a it's such a broad spectrum and 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 you can you can do almost anything within online and, and digital learning to suit you, to suit your context, to suit your discipline, to suit your students. So it's it's not a case that online learning can only be one model or can only be one one menu of things for you and your learners. It's a it's something you can mix and match and, and, and create to best suit Amazing. you and your learners. And I think that's what's what's important is is figuring out what is what is best for you and your learners and talking with the experts in your institution in your in your organization etc talking to your learning technologist or your academic developer or your digital advisor whoever you might have have those conversations and and work out what best suits you and your students i agree absolutely what's one question you wish i'd asked you today and how would you have answered it oh i wish you would have asked me uh, about the state of play of learning analytics in education i wish you would have asked i'm me really that interested actually so <laughs> <go on. laughs> i wish you would have asked me that question because it's it, it's an area of great interest to me because i'm, I'm doing a, a, a doctorate in education um, at the moment and i'm focusing on the area of learning analytics and critical data literacy which is a, a kind of a, a set of skills that that we can develop that goes beyond, I suppose, being able to uh, work with data and combine data and visualize data towards a kind of a greater critical awareness of the role of data in our society and and, and, and how data, you know, is used uh, by various different actors in in in, in our societies. So because it's, it's it's my doctoral topic, it's it's of course always bubbling there in the in in the brain. I do think learning analytics is, is is a very very interesting field and obviously has a lot of potential to enhance the learning experience by drawing on on what data we have. And I can see I I know that the field of learning analytics is is at various states of maturity in in different jurisdictions, and and there are some some great universities who really invested heavily in learning analytics, both in terms of infrastructure, but more importantly in terms of expertise and and, and staff and support and so on for learning analytics. Uh, and, and and a lot of institutions are are using that information to make informed decisions or contribute to informed decision making around uh, student journey and student learning experience uh, and so on. I do think again, you know, again, 
whipping out my, my crystal ball, uh, looking into the future. I do think learning analytics is, is, is probably a field that's going to, that's going to continue to grow over the next few years. And I do think that people who are interested in institutions, who are interested in, in learning analytics, should take a student-focused, a student-centred approach to it and involve students in the creation of learning analytics policies, involve students in the creation of learning analytics dashboards and reports, ask students for their consent and their ongoing consent around um, data capture and, and decision making being made around their around their data and really treat learning analytics as as an opportunity for everybody to come together and to, to use this information to you know partially inform decisions um, going forward because I think otherwise if, if you don't involve people and in particular if you don't bring students to the table in learning analytics I think you run the risk of alienating them I think you run the risk of creating a sense of learning analytics as monitoring or surveillance uh, rather than a tool that maybe surfaces up some information that can provide a, a catalyst for discussion around decisions. So I could keep going, but I'll, I'll, I'll stop there early because we I don't want to... Do, I don't want to you on your research, I guess. I'm really <laughs> interested in uh, learning analytics and adaptive learning, which moves on from that. So as an individual level, you talked about it as an institutional level, making decision on the learning design and learning experience, which I think is a first step. But then is how do we make it so we empower the students to adapt their learning based on that data? And as you're completely right. You have to be able to, to look at the data and, and have that learn how to read that data, basically, and analyze it. And that's something that will you know, that takes a while and that, that it, as institutions, we need to grow into it. Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I'd love to follow your research as well. How can our listeners find you online and maybe follow you and follow your research? Yeah, definitely. You can get me at Twitter uh, at Lowney Rob, or you can drop me an email just rob.lowney at dcu.ie. And that's Lowney, L-O-W-N-E-Y. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me today, Rob. Like I said earlier, I've always enjoyed the, the Moodle Munch series and it's really been great to um, learn more about it today. For our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about topics like these, we encourage you to listen to the Moodle podcast, but also join the Moodle open source community and get involved at moodle.org. Also, go and check the Moodle.org events, the calendar, where you will be finding events from the Moodle Munch there, and you have links to sign up, see what's coming up. And finally, of course, as Rob just said, you can connect with Rob on Twitter or by email. Um, so for now, it's goodbye from me and see you soon. Bye, Aurelie. Thanks for the chance to chat today. Great as always. Bye.